When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, wrestlers. This is Wrestling Rolls, the 5A DD podcast where we go to many 5A books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about teleportation. Ring! Vump. <laughs> me up, Scotty. <laughs> Anyway, teleportation is a fantastically useful thing in the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons. And honestly, there are a lot of ways to go about it. So before I go into that rant, Nathan, why would teleportation be an important thing in such worlds? It's fun. Yeah. Anything else? (laughs) Uh, it really cuts down on uh, tr- traveling time. It really does. And honestly, that's the angle that I want to really spend a lot of focus on. To, like, Obviously, I am an outside-in DM. This is known. But teleportation specifically can have a massive impact on a world if it is considered to be a more prominent thing. So... Actually, Nathan, what methods of teleportation are you aware of? Uh, the Misty Step. Yeah, that's the first one. Dimension Door. That also is one. Uh, Hand Wavium Ring Thing. (laughs) Hand Wavium Ring Thing. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you talking about ring on hand or like a teleportation circle? Teleportation circle. There you go. That's one of the most important ones to get to. Uh, But yeah, and then in addition to that, like there's honestly way more spells that we're just not going to bother mentioning. We're just sticking to the big ones here. Like then you get up to the actual spell teleport, which is a lot. And then even there is a ninth level teleportation spell gate. So first things first, though, as you said, Misty Step. Like, that is just a single person, second level spell, bonus action to cast. But, like, we've actually seen on Riftwake some of the implications of that spell. Uh, would you care to tell that story? So, one fun bit uh, with Misty Step is that it can get you away from, if I'm not wrong, bindings? Potentially, yeah. Yeah, and... If there's someone, if there's someone chasing you, or you're trapped, it's really, really great to get out of a tight situation. Indeed, but even besides just that, it does have bigger world implications because the only limit really on the spell is that you teleport to an unoccupied space that you can see. So as long as you're not blinded, you can just do this as a bonus action. Well, if you have a second level spell slot, of course. So that is quite something in all honesty, because, yeah, you can use it to escape. You can use it to just teleport out of bindings. But like 
as you know, Gorif did on Riftwake before, if you're in a jail cell that has bars, that has a window, if you just have some way that you can see, you can fucking teleport out. Like, there is not any limit besides just being able to see your destination. Like, there's nothing that even says, like, if there's you know, something between you. Like, there's nothing that says you can't just teleport through a window even. Or, like... Let's say that somehow you have some form of magic that gives you x-ray vision. And then, like, even if you are in a solid box, you'd still be able to fucking teleport out. Like, Misty Step for a second level spell is amazingly versatile and powerful in the right circumstances. And it's one of those spells that really, really does require thought for the part of a dungeon master, because if you have, like you know, jail cells or anything like that, how the fuck do you keep people from teleporting out? I mean, yes, it is absolutely true that, you know, you may have less adventures in your worlds and so less magic users that are capable of Missy Step. But again, it is a second level spell and it is a spell that can be cast by sorcerers, warlocks, wizards, uh, Oath of the Ancients, Oath of Vengeance, and Oath of Open Sea Paladins. Like, there's a fucking lot of people oh uh, also a circle of the circle of the coast druids are also able to learn misty step so there's a lot of potential individuals in the world who might have that spell and again second level so it only takes a third level spellcaster to know it so this is not like high level magic so how the hell do you deal with something like that? Like, do you have it be a situation of like, OK, all prisoners must be like, you know, hands tied and blindfolded all the damn time? Like, do you have like magical darkness in any kind of place where you are trying to hold people? Like, it's really fucking difficult that, to counter. That's easy way. It's blindfolds. Yeah, but at the same time, like if you don't have like their head just like, you know, tied to a place with a chain like in theory like you can just like kind of shrug your shoulders to try to push off a blindfold like it's not a hundred percent like it might help a while but like what if you know you just have an individual with long hair and then they're just able to like use that to just kind of like bush Easiest up and one. push up gouge out hmm? the eyes maybe like that would be <laughs> effective with just fucked like but it is the kind of thing that just a DM should think about because, again, Misty Step can be available to third level characters. And just how the hell do you deal with such things? So uh, let's go ahead and just move up the chain to Dimension Door. This is another one that I, I mean, honestly, I like all the teleportation spells just because teleportation is really cool. <laughs> so an action to cast 500 foot range, but Dimension Door has one other very interesting feature, which is this one spell specifically does not have that that you can see kind of destination. So it is just you can just teleport to a spot within 500 feet and it can be a place that you can see or you can describe a distance and direction. And they specifically give two examples, such as 200 feet straight downward or upward to the northwest at a 45 degree angle, 300 feet. That is amazing. 
the fact that like if you do just have a specific place that you're trying to get to within 500 feet that is an incredible level Mate, of flexibility i just realized something eh? uh, so the one of the uh concepts i have sitting around in my head is an army that can teleport into cities to kill them from within right mm-hmm. so Imagine if we we make we make it smaller. There's a crack team of like majors that are able to calculate exactly where to put this dimension door, and they do that. Well, so there is the limit though. It is the person who casts it, but you can also bring one willing creature with you. So it can be yourself and one willing person. So it That's is good enough to assassinate. Limit. Well, let's see. Maybe there's some better options higher up on the list though. Uh, there is one kind of cool thing, though. It does also have that what if you try to teleport to a spot where there is something? You know, if you arrive in a place already occupied by an object or a creature, you and any creature traveling with you take 4d6 force damage and the spell fails to teleport you. So it does have that kind of safety measure to it, where like if you do teleport to an you know, improper destination, the teleport fails and you take that force damage. So I appreciate that they did put that in so it's not ambiguous as to what happens. Uh, Also, this is a fourth level spell. So that means that it is much, much less likely to be like out there because there just are going to be less people that will have fourth level spells because that is the kind of thing that that'll be what uh, seventh level characters and up might have access to it for full spellcasters. So again, might be out there, but less of a worry. But from like the prison angle, once again, like that's honestly even a more dangerous spell, because like imagine if you have like a jailbreak specialist who just has like two fourth level spell slots so they could just like teleport into the prison, you know, carrying a corpse that looks like the person they're trying to get. But then they can just teleport in, grab the person, teleport out. So having anti teleportation is really something that would be important in such situations. And exactly what form that takes, we will get into a little bit later on. All right, next up, the classic. Fifth level spell, Teleportation Circle. One of the best known, but still least understood teleportation spells. Like, this is the classic, you know, you've got like the 10-foot circle on the ground, and that it opens a portal that allows people to just teleport from place to place. However, exactly how it is able to do so, like rules-wise that is, is really underutilized and underappreciated and under-understood. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going with it. Anyway, so first things first, it makes a portal that is open until the end of your next turn. So it's open for six seconds, one round, and it's just open. It does not say that just like you and your party can run through it. It does not say it is just for you. You just make a fucking portal for all intents and purposes that is just open for six seconds and just is able to just have anyone who's close enough able to run through it in that six seconds. And that's pretty fucking cool. But the way that the spell is actually used is often misunderstood. A lot of people believe it to be that you just are able to teleport from a permanent teleportation circle to another permanent teleportation circle. But that is not quite the case. You can cast teleportation circle from anywhere 
to a permanent teleportation circle. And the spell itself is used to make that permanent teleportation circle by casting it in the same place every day for a year. So it mentions actually in the spell, too, that there's going to be quite a number of places that might have such a teleportation circle that mentions like major temples, guilds and other important locations. So this is something that's very important for world building. Where are teleportation circles if this is indeed a thing that exists in your world? Because let's just say that you have a major city that has a teleportation circle. Anyone who knows the coordinates to that circle can, or sorry, uh, sigils that is, not coordinates, uh, is able to just teleport to that. So if you have a situation where like a war starts, and then all of a sudden your allies aren't allies anymore, there's nothing that could stop like 10 mages from just like spreading out in the middle of their army, and then they can just cast teleportation circle to the permanent one in, you know, enter city name here. And then every single person who can just run through those portals within six seconds is instantly inside whatever city has their permanent teleportation circle. It is terrifyingly effective because like if you do like draw out how many individuals might be able to go through the portal because it's within six seconds, which would mean Okay, if you have people with average speed of, you know, 30 feet, you know, just the normal speed, like maybe you have like uh, gnomes and dwarves in front so that they don't have to run as far. And then you just think of it. Okay, so if they sprint, then that would be within 60 feet. If you have any monks or rogues in your army, they might be a little bit, you know, better off and they can, you know, sprint again with a bonus action. So that would be 90 feet. So. If you have, then, if you think of the math of that as, you know, 90 feet by 90 feet kind of square to charge in. So that would be, what, 18 squares in each direction? I can't math good. I should have done that math in advance. Uh, so 18 times 18. And the, the portal itself does take up uh, a 10-foot diameter. So let's just say that you don't have people in that center 10 feet. So that would be 320 people that could potentially get sent through one casting of this spell if you just have that ideal kind of layout. So again, if you just had 10 magic users that could all just cast this in unison, spread out amongst an army, that would be 3,200 people that are instantly teleported to this other city's teleportation circle. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> yes. And again, 10 magic users is all that it would take to do that. And again, this is a fifth level spell. So, yes, this is definitely starting to get up there in that. OK, so a ninth level magic user wouldn't need to be the one to cast the spell. And those are quite a bit more rare just because there's not a lot of you know people in the world out there that have that much power. Although, of course, again, your worlds may vary. Like if you've got a higher magic world where there are a lot of people, then just scaling up. Like, let's say you have like a world with like multiple magical academies and all that stuff. Then you, if you have 100 of these guys, then yeah, it just gets nuts. And that would be 32,000. Like it is 
insane how dangerous this one spell can be like the only thing that would really have to be done like if you are a city at war you cannot really have a open teleportation circle like any cities at war would have to like destroy their teleportation circles immediately or they are just inviting siege or it might be a kind of situation where maybe a city does have a teleportation circle but it's just on like a very very narrow platform that just leads to like a hundred foot drop spiked pit at the bottom so if any army tries to teleport they just fall and die like maybe you do something like that so you could only use the teleportation circle for like a party size amount of individuals to safely like land on the platform and like thinking about like the security of a teleportation circle and the spread of teleportation circles is important for world building because like we've been talking about with all of these examples it can be horrifically dangerous but i do also need to go the other way around of course and talk about how amazingly useful this spell can be because if you have teleportation circles everywhere then this might be the kind of thing like maybe it is like you know against you know your world's version of the geneva convention that like you just don't do army levels of teleport because it is vital for just like the trade of the world that like you need to like get food transported to like the desert city through teleportation circles because it ain't gonna fucking grow there or maybe you use this to get like fresh fish to you know places that are much more inland like trade with teleportation circles would becomes amazing because it becomes potentially better than we actually have on earth (laughs) yeah because this allows you to have places all over the world to instantly gain access to just things from anywhere and that's just kind of amazing because also like if you think about this in combination with a bag of holding so that can allow because the one downside of teleportation circle is that it's not a large portal like it is just like a 10 foot diameter circle that you can walk through so if you consider so you can't really have like the giant shipping crates kind of thing that we have in our world but if you just think about a bag of holding as a replacement to that and especially if you do consider like enhancing bags of holding like we talked about in that episode then that's awesome Because if you think about like if you have like the super, super bag of holding that is like, uh, as I called it, the wizard's warehouse, like if you have a warehouse in a bag and just have that filled with cargo, then you can just use teleportation circles. And again, that creates international trade in a fantasy world. You don't need railroads or shipping or, you know, you know, air transport. If you have this kind of massive teleportation network with, you know, bags of holding, or if you do have like international companies, which I don't know, maybe that could even be an episode that'd be kind of interesting to me, at least. But anyway, teleportation circle, massively, massively important. But uh, one last thing before I move on from teleportation circle specifically to create the permanent teleportation circle, uh, you do have a component cost with every casting of this spell. It is 50 gold worth of components every casting. And to make the permanent circle, it requires every single casting for a year to expend that component. So that fucking adds up. 
So 365 days for 50 gold, that's 18,250 gold in components to make a permanent teleportation circle. So if you're wondering why there might not be teleportation circles everywhere, that's why. Because you need a ninth level minimum spellcaster, 18,250 gold in components, and a year to make the damn thing. So that's just interesting to think about. So some major cities might have one or might not. There might be like, if you have a court, you know, powerful mage academy, maybe they have like their own secret one in the basement that they like keep the sigils a secret for. Like thinking about who has teleportation circles is important. All right, Remy. Yes. A, a small tangent. What, 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 what do you think would happen if we had teleportation circles in real life? And how would that compete with <laughs> like planes and stuff? So that's actually an interesting thing that I have thought about because it would be so much more efficient than air travel, especially like all travel really just instantly kind of loses to teleportation circles. So I did mention that it has that 50 gold component cost. But I did also mention that if you have the maximum arrangement of people that you could get potentially 320 people through one casting. So with that in mind, then, if you just like made it the kind of thing where every single individual just has to pay one gold or like, I guess in our world, you know, it'd be like 100 bucks. So if you just had $100 to teleport anywhere in the world instantly. That's cheaper than flights. Shit. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like be no carbon emissions. No carbon emissions. You're not in a you know box of circulated air during a pandemic. Yeah, like it's and the person casting it has to pay you know that fifty gold component. But if they're making you know three hundred and twenty gold per casting of the spell, that's massively profitable to them even at that cost. So it instantly beats any kind of long range travel. So if you want to go across the country, across the planet, like it could like it's still the same component cost, which really actually makes that kind of interesting kind of philosophically, because like how many more people would travel and see the world if it costs the same price to go across the country of your birth to the other side of the planet for the same price? I think that people would probably travel internationally a lot more which could honestly be a good thing too. just like see more of other cultures, try more things that just are farther away from the place that you live. Like, I think that'd be really good. Well, okay, but oh, come on, if we're having the argument of like D&D magic in the real world, that also means we would get cure disease. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that'd be a fair trade. <laughs> I would be a-okay with that. But yeah, teleportation circle, though, it really does just create interesting thoughts like that is one of my favorite underappreciated spells. All right. So now we're jumping up the list to the main spell itself. Teleport seventh level spell. So way, way, way less likely to be out there. And honestly, an argument could be made that there may only be a handful of individuals, if any, that can actually cast this spell. However, uh, unlike Teleportation Circle, which takes a minute to cast, Teleport is just an action. And it will teleport yourself and up to eight willing creatures that you can see or a 10-foot uh, cube object 
it can also be teleported with you. And it can teleport anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. Under the sea? Under the sea. Into space? Anywhere? Well, actually, I, well, no. There is that one limit. It must be the same plane of existence as you. And that is actually a little bit fuzzy in terms of space. That kind of depends on your D&D world cosmology. Because if space is just still the material plane, cool. If space is the astral sea, not so much. But... That'd be really cool. Because like, <laughs> like, like, just imagine you have that in the real world too. It's just like, hey, let's take samples from Mars. <laughs> so we'll get there. Let me, so that's where the ninth level one comes in. So that's in a moment. But before that, so it will teleport you anywhere on the same plane. But one of the things that makes it particularly fun, there is chance of mishap with this spell. And it uh -oh. is interesting and potentially scary. So there is a massive chart in the actual text of the spell that is a D100 roll, depending on a bunch of factors about where you're trying to teleport to. So whether you if you teleport to a permanent teleportation circle, it just works because that is just an anchor for teleportation. If you have an object that is associated with the place that you're trying to teleport to, then it just works. And that one's actually kind of neat to me. So it's like if you go to a place once and just like, you know, break off a rock from like a particular ruin, then like that rock can be used to like teleport back to the place. That's just it's neat to me. It's a kind of like uh sympathetic magic which is just a topic that interests me uh anyway but besides that there's also uh like if you're just if it's just a place you're familiar with if it's a place you've just seen casually viewed once only heard described to you or if it is a false destination like if you're trying to teleport to a place that doesn't actually exist it's just gonna fuck up one way or another <laughs> And like there are just like a whole chart of Wait, D one hundred for these like, things. I, I wanna. I, I wish there was like a uh, a version of that. That's basically you. You do teleport to the false space, but you're now in a different reality. Again, this spell is same plane. This one is not gonna do that. So I did mention though that this one is not going to be commonly available. However, there is an important exception. Magic items do exist to allow some amount of teleportation, but I'm only going to mention one for this episode because there's really only one that I would say actually matters, which is the helm of teleportation. Uh, it does require attunement, has three charges while wearing it. You can use an action to expend a charge to cast the teleport spell. Regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. However, what's fucking weird about this is the rarity. How rare and therefore expensive do you imagine a helm of teleportation to be? Uh, two gold. Come on, man. Two gold. Uh, wait. A like, so what gold. rarity? Uh, uncommon. <laughs> Dude, come on. I, like, I want to know what you actually think. Okay. Um, legendary? Honestly, that wouldn't shock me because it ought to be. But no, it's a rare magic item. Not very rare, just rare. Where? So that's the that's weird because a rare magic item like is something that's going to be 500 to 5000 gold. And this gives you a three charge fucking teleportation from it. That is insanity. 
Like that is such a useful thing to have and potentially a thing to use. Like I am shocked that this is not something that appears more often in games because how is it that there isn't a constant demand for these? Like just imagine like just as like fuck this shit I'm out that just like oh shit this is you know this fight is going badly I teleport home and also it's yourself and up to eight willing creatures within 10 feet of you so it could very easily be a situation of like oh fuck this is going badly you know everyone huddle up boom teleport out like that's just inconceivably useful and not to mention just the utility value of using it to just travel across the damn world all the goddamn time and yet even though this is only a rare item it's really rare that i actually see it used which just boggles the mind all right anyway moving on from that we'll move on to the last actual teleportation spell which is gate a ninth level spell and this is as appropriate for a ninth level spell the biggin so you just can make a portal from any unoccupied space that you can see within 60 feet of you to a precise location on a different plane of existence and you can also choose the size of the portal and the orientation of the portal so anywhere from 5 to 20 foot diameter and it just instantly transports whatever's there to the other side also once one thing that's different about this one is that it is concentration up to a minute so you can hold this open for a full minute unlike teleport which is instant or uh, teleportation circle which is open for one round you can have this for up to a minute and the idea of just being able to just teleport to other planes easily is massive the only limit on this is that deities and other planar rulers can prevent portals created by the spell from opening in their presence or anywhere in their domains and fair enough so you can't just teleport to god even with a ninth level spell that checks out however it has one additional effect that is also particularly neat when you cast the spell you can speak the name of a specific creature a pseudonym title or nickname doesn't work if that creature is on a plane other than the one you're on the portal opens in their immediate vicinity and draws them through it to the nearest unoccupied space on your side of the portal. You gain no special power over the creature, and it's free to act as GM deems appropriate. It might leave, attack you, or help you. So, let's say that you're somewhere like the Plane of Fire. Like, you know, again, this is a ninth level spell, so this is, by necessity, a high-level situation. So you're on the Plane of Fire, and there is just... A creature that has vexed you for you know ages of game time you could use this to just summon them to the plane of fire and then you yourself can just use another teleportation spell to just fuck off and then that person is just away from all of their shit and they're just trapped in a horrible inhospitable place that may or may not have air depending on where exactly you take them so unless they have quite some significant contingencies on their own this is the kind of thing that potentially can just auto kill individuals again with sufficient planning especially because one very important detail of the spell 
they don't even get a saving throw. The portal just opens and draws them through immediately, instantly, without a save. So, uh, one quick backtrack. I did accidentally skip one other important spell, and this will be the last of the teleportation spells now, which is Plane Shift. So this is the one that will allow you and up to eight willing creatures to go to a different plane of existence. So it is a seventh level spell like teleport, but while teleport can be aimed, plane shift only gets you to a general spot on some other plane. So it might take you to like, you know, the dimension ruled over by the demon lord Grazit, you know, if he allows the, you know, if he allows it to. Uh, or it might be the situation of, uh, you know, you appear in, you know, the astral sea. Like you could use this to potentially teleport like to heaven or hell, again, depending on the exact rules of your cosmologies. Uh, also, what's kind of neat, though, this actually is a spell that will allow you to teleport to the teleportation circle on other planes of existence. So normally teleportation circle makes the permanent teleportation circle but you can only go to the ones on the same plane plane shift allows you to teleport specifically if you know the sigil sequence to other dimensions permanent teleportation circles so when you get to a high level game and you do begin to get into planar level shenanigans that is the spell to allow you to really transport yourself about so before we do wrap up, there is the important thing to talk about, which is how the fuck do you stop teleportation? Nathan, I'm curious what would be your take before I go into the official. Fill everything with gravel and nobody can come in. Uh, why would gravel stop teleportation? Just, no, no, just fill everything. There, there'd be nothing the to world. teleport into. Just make yes, it a world everything. of gravel. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's an interesting <laughs> solution there. but. Uh, there's probably less drastic options available. Um, so the most common method is a fourth level spell called Private Sanctum. You're able to ward an area from as small as a five foot cube to as big as a hundred foot cube. And this is another actually of the underappreciated spells because it blocks teleportation in and out. It blocks planar travel. And even besides that, though, it even has more effects, like it can prevent sound from going through. It can make the barrier of the warded area, you know, dark and foggy to make whatever's inside hidden. So if you have just like, you know, secret tower in the woods, this is an amazingly helpful spell. If you're just a rich person in a city who likes their privacy, this is an amazingly useful spell. Like, if you are a city, like, you should, you know, have the kind of hand-wavium version of this cast to just, like, protect the city. Because, again, this completely does block teleportation. And it would not be unreasonable to have that just upscaled version to protect the entire city. You know, quote-unquote, worst-case scenario, if you do have a situation where you... Uh, uh, actually, sorry, let me backtrack a moment again. This spell is another one that, if you cast it every day, becomes permanent. So if you have sufficient magic users to just cast it over and over and over again, even without the hand wavium, you can 
just like make blocks of it until you cover the entire city. And that would honestly be a kind of reasonable thing to do, because then even if it gets taken out, then that only creates one very small area that could get taken advantage of by enemy forces. And it is also handy because this is an, also a spell that can get uh, upcast, where you increase the cube size by 100 feet per spell slot above the fourth level required to cast it. So instead of just, you know, fourth level 100 foot cube, like let's just say you go a little bit up to sixth level castings of it, then that would become a 300 foot cube. And honestly, like if you have enough powerful magic users available you know some or just a lot of time like if you do just take years and years to ward an entire city which you know if you have peace time you ought to do that like or if you just do just have a magic user and time like you should you should really just have all of your cities covered by private sanctums because how else would you prevent enemies from teleporting on mass as we described earlier in summary Teleportation is a fun and fantastically useful ability in worlds of Dungeons and Dragons, but a lot more thought should be used by Dungeon Masters to really flesh out how expansive and accessible is teleportation going to be in your worlds, because that can affect a lot of things from trade to war and how much there is and how much effort is putting into block it will shape the history of your world thanks for listening to this episode of riffs and rules please leave us a review and give us five stars on itunes also support us on patreon at patreon.com slash podcast tier stars those a dollar and even that much really helps us out support get benefits such as behind the scenes content early access episodes access to the patreon discord where we chat with the cast and even a shout out on the show Find us on social media on Twitter at Reflect Podcast or on Facebook as Reflect on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Reflect Podcast. And you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs and rules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.